Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Through storytelling, conversational interviews, and Carrie's natural curiosity, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of entrepreneurs, athletes, medical professionals, politicians, and other successful people, all sharing their stories of success and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. How fun to be switching roles and sitting across the table with one of Little Rock's own journalist, reporter, entrepreneur, and prominent pundit known for his insightful commentary on political and economical issues, Mr. Roby Brock. Launched in 1999, Roby is the founder and host of Talk Business and Politics. CEO of the parent company, Natural State Media, and in 2015, brokered a deal for the merger of several Northwest publications to create the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. On their website, they succinctly describe their operations. They write, with bureaus in Northwest Arkansas, Fort Smith, Jonesboro, Little Rock, and Central Arkansas, talk business and politics, interviews business and political decision makers who are shaping the Arkansas news landscape, reports on key industry trends and topics, and provides extensive political and capital news coverage. So true. You can hardly turn on the local news without seeing one of Roby's interviews or hearing his comments on all subjects of affairs. It is obvious he has a ferocious appetite for politics and that he does his homework, which may be why in the ever-changing news business, Roby's businesses have stayed successful and relevant for decades. It is with great pleasure I welcome to the table the well-read, well-versed, media executive, entrepreneur, reporter, premier pundit, Mr. Roby Brock. Thank you for having me, Carrie <laughs> and Sun Gray. So, is that his full name, Sun Gray, or is it just Gray? It's becoming that way, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Thanks for having me. You're welcome to our listeners. I just want to tell a little bit about you. You do so much stuff. I really am shocked at how much stuff you do. And to tell our listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into politics, and why you're qualified to do what you do. Yeah, I'm omnipresent. It's the word that you're looking for right there, <laughs> omnipresent. So he's everywhere. Where you are yeah. everywhere. So I should have put that in your description. No. Omnipresent. You got to leave me something Roby to say. Brock. You got to leave me something to say. I okay. was going to actually, I'm going to turn the tables. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions today. That's because you're an interviewer by trade and well, it's not going to work. In your introduction, you guys talked about listening more to learn. And so... I, what? What's wrong with me listening and learning? Because that's what I do for a living. So that's all right. Isn't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. You went to Hendricks College, beat you to it. You went to Hendricks College. What'd you major in? I'm an English major. You uh, know, I think that is a, gr- a, a great major that people discount way too much. You can read about anything and learn about anything if you're an English major. Yeah. You know, Hendricks has a liberal arts curriculum. So you you don't get a lot of deep specialty in something. So like you wouldn't be like a... Like if you were a business and economic major, which I was for almost three years, you you wouldn't get like a agricultural finance degree from Hendricks. You would just get a broad business and economics um, degree. But you'd also take a bunch of other courses throughout all of that to become more well-rounded about a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about a lot, a lot of things, but I'm probably not an expert in much of anything, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what's good about liberal arts. Yeah, no, You're I, well-rounded. No, no, I like it. It teaches you critical thinking. I was a business major. Uh, for three years, I took cost accounting and Shakespeare in the same <laughs> trimester. We had trimesters back then at Hendricks. And my father was a CPA, and I had to go tell him that I really liked Hamlet better than last in, first out accounting, you know. <laughs> and he said, I tell, I'll make you this deal. He said, if you'll take intermediate accounting, you can go major in anything else that you want to do. So I probably would have minored in business and economics because I took enough those classes. But, but I thought you Hendricks said you're an English major. Well, Hendricks didn't do minors back then. So, so yeah, so I took English from there on out. So, and I'd had a few English cl- uh, courses already. So, but I did that for kind of the oral and written communication skills that you learn from 
reading and writing and mm-hmm. presenting and stuff like that. And, Helped you and with now, your ironically, I talk business. I talk business. Uh-huh. Your and dad's I so proud. Got the background in English and, and business. What so. would Little Rock do without you? Probably be, be just fine. No, so. no. Really and truly, there's nobody like you in just, Little Rock, Just Arkansas, another layer of uh, news to report and interviews to cover. But, I mean, I'm I'm not saying somebody else would step in and do what I did, but I just I, I think that we find news sources wherever we can find them. And I, I kind of created one out of thin air tw- and, almost 25 years ago. And you, your appetite was... Uh, you know, ignited, let's say, by because you worked on the Bill Clinton campaign, on Bill Clinton's campaign. That was my first paid political job. Yeah. So um, everybody that will recall the election night of 1992, when Bill Clinton came out on the old state house lawn with all the flags and all the I was the coordinator of all of the streets of Little Rock for that event. That was what I got hired to do in that campaign. It was well, then a, I've got a gripe with you because I was stuck at second. Uh, trust no, I'm me. Just <laughs> I'm just glad nobody got trampled that night. The crowd was obviously bigger than we thought. We had to plan for 230 satellite trucks uh, from all over the world. We had to, um, you had to have the, you know, for the reporters and the cable TV and all that at the time. And How did you a, end up with a job like that? You're an English major. So when I... I graduated from Hendrix. I spent a year traveling overseas. Um, I lived in London for uh, several months and traveled around the continent for a little bit because I never got to do that in college because I was really active with um, soccer and student government. And so I never got to go on the exchange programs. A lot of students did. And I was like, I'm going to sell my car and I'm going to go live abroad, um, which my father supported and my mother supported us me doing that. But I literally lived like on a Europe on $25 a day. You can't, man. Do, you can't do that anymore, no. can you? you know, I had to do it when I was young. If I didn't do it when I was young, I knew I would never take the time off of life to go. And I don't think you could even, young people could do it very well today, could they? Not on $25 a Well, day, but I mean, so. could you backpack across Europe? Because that was kind of a standard thing. You I could backpack, you could, yes. you could yeah. ride the, the train. The laws yeah. still allow yeah. you to do so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But it was a Probably great, it was a great learning experience because you got to see so many different parts of the world, the things that you've been studying. I wanted to see those things firsthand. I met so many people. I still have contacts from Germany and London and places um, that I traveled. And that was before you had Facebook and email and all that stuff. So it was hard just, to keep up relationships. But I came back and went to work for an accounting firm, ironically. Oh, my But I was a marketing person for the accounting firm. Oh. So I spoke the language, but I did things with my English degree. One of the partners in that firm was hired by the Clinton for President campaign. Her name is Barbara Yates. You probably know Barbara. Yeah. And she um, asked me, I I had started, I'd left the accounting firm and started a restaurant here in Little Rock where Loca Luna is now. It was called Shoot the Bull. We probably threw you out a few times, Carrie. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) And um, where is it? Loca Luna. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, down in the Riverdale Mm -hmm. area down there. And um, and she came in for lunch one day and she's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm I started and managed this place with a friend. And she said, I might have something you'd be interested in. And I was ready to move on at that point. And she said, I need somebody to help for this watch night party in downtown Little Rock. And so I went over there and two weeks later was put to work for about eight weeks, putting that whole party together. And, and you got the bug. Yeah, I, well, I was around a lot of people in the campaign. So, you know, James Carville and George Stephanopoulos, they were all political operatives. You, you would see them every day. You could go to the war room where they would have these end of the day meetings and they would talk about what was on the news. They would watch the five o'clock news, the national newscast, and they would report this was our message. You see how clearly it got through. I mean, it was a little bit simpler day and age back then for yeah. political um, reporting. And um, and I'd hear them give their speeches. So, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit intoxicating to do all of that. Um, but I also noticed that everybody that was working on that campaign wanted to go to the White House. They wanted to be in Washington, D.C. after the campaign was over. And um, s- since I had been gone, you know, for a little bit of time, you know, right after college and I was just so young in my career, I mean, I was in my early 20s and I knew that the only job I might get in Washington, D.C. would be the mail room at the White House getting about $12,000 a year, <laughs> which didn't sound like that much fun to me. You know, I'm like, no, but all these people are leaving and there'll be a whole lot of 
vacancies of places here in Arkansas. So that night of the watch night party, I had secret service access because I had been working with them on the planning of everything. And I'm on one of the perches right outside the old state house. And I see Lieutenant Governor Jim Guy Tucker, who I know is going to become the next governor. Right. And he's lost in that big, massive crowd. I was like, he's supposed to be at that VIP reception over there at the bottom of the Excelsior Hotel in the State House Convention Center, mm-hmm. the Excelsior. Yeah. Throwback. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he was over where the Camelot was, which is now the Doubletree. Mm-hmm. So, and the crowd was packed. And I was like, there, he's not getting through. So I went down there from my Secret Service perch and I introduced myself. I didn't know him. And I said, you're supposed to be way over there. And he goes, yeah, I know. I said, who's with your party? It was four of them. I said, y'all lock arms and I'm going to get you where you need to go. And I went through the different checkpoints and got him to the right before the last checkpoint when he was going in the building. He said, now, what what was your name again? And I said, it's Roby Brock. And in two weeks, when I finish cleaning up this mess, I'm going to come ask you for a job at the Capitol because I knew he was going to be governor. And I said, I need you to remember my name. And he said, I will. And Uh, I went up there two weeks later and he said, come on board. So lucky people make their own luck, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard work. But that was lucky being seeing him no. and realizing he was lost. You know? you know, a lot of people would have seen him lost and not gone down there and done anything about it. Right. You know, a lot of people, oh, he's lost. Yeah, sure is. You you, you were proactive about well, it. Well, I was thinking he's going to be the next governor, you know. I mean, somebody should be taking care of him. Well, you know, some cause... people would go, oh, look, there's the next governor. He can't get through. <laughs> the, ne- the next step thought. But that got me. Yeah, the but, next step, the critical thinking. Yeah, but that got me into politics, though, and that was a great learning experience. So how did you end up going? You even ran for a seat one time, didn't you? I did. You? I how, ran for the state Senate. How terrible was that? Six. Well, I loved the experience. But you didn't get fun. elected? No. So Vic Snyder was in the middle of a four-year state Senate term, and he got elected to Congress. And I ran for his open seat. They had to fill out the remaining two years. So who won? Uh, Phil Wyrick, uh, B.J. Wyrick's husband. He was a sitting state representative, and he wound up winning. Where is Vic Snyder these days? He's works at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Oh, still. Yeah, he's the medical director there. Mm-hmm. How, but uh-huh. but I uh, that election was a six-week campaign from after the November election until early January. So uh-huh. we had to campaign through Thanksgiving, Christmas, and 10-degree weather, and that was really miserable. Mm. But just I still have friendships from that race. You'd do it again. In a heartbeat, yeah. And it was just a lot of fun meeting people and I was young, younger than two. I was 30. So you can do a lot more when you're 30 than when you're. I don't know. I think I work a lot smarter. I I don't know. I think I look, I think I work smarter and more effectively now. Well, yeah. How did, uh, how did talk business and politics come about? So you started it in 1999. All this other stuff we're talking about is about that same time, isn't it? Yeah, I think I ran for the Senate seat in 96. I had worked for Jim Guy Tucker prior to running for that Senate seat. So, um, yeah, so we're staying in chronological order. We sure are. So when does talk business and politics come? So I started a video production company with a couple that wound up moving out of town. uh, Stacy and Sam DeWitt. I don't know. You remember Brent and Sam's cookies? Yeah. The Sam. Yeah, and he went off to do a radio show in Atlanta. They did a TV series. TV series. I helped start that. That was my concept. Gosh, Little Rock is small. Isn't it? So um, that's why I love it. So we had this video production company and we were turning down some business because we were producing a news segment that was about kids and um, issues affecting kids. And um, and we we just couldn't do any outside business because the time constraints for doing this news segment three times a week was was a, a big, heavy lift. And we were doing enough to have enough some critical mass, but we weren't really making any money, you know, and we had to move to a bigger market to make that happen. So I decided I didn't want to move to Atlanta. Um, Stacy, Sam's mm-hmm. wife, who was really talented in video production, she had been in the news business. She was from Atlanta and their kids were really young. So it was a good time for them to make that move. He had cashed out of Brent and Sam's. I decided to stay here and reform a video production company and take some of the business that we were turning down. Uh, it had gotten more affordable to do video production back then. It used to have to have about a million dollars to get into the business. And I think I financed 
$75,000 worth of equipment, which I could probably do for 15000 today. Or five. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's that's changed a lot. Yeah. But that was big back then. Yes. Um, even digital editing, linear, nonlinear editing was just coming on board about that time. But what I found when we started that video production company was um, you can't handle very much business because you're small. So I might have four clients a month that I'm doing commercials or small video projects for. And two of them tell you, well, we've got to postpone or push off a couple of months or, mm-hmm. hey, we're only going to be able to do half of what we did. Mm-hmm. And I think two months into it, I had contracted but had suspended 50% of my business, you know, and I was like, I'm going to have 50% less revenue <laughs> than I thought I was going to have. On. Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to have to find another business model to help supplement this. I can still do the video production work, but that's when I had the idea. I had had some background in business. I'd had some background in politics. I was like, I've got a video production. I could do a TV show on business and politics. Nobody's doing that. And I could, I knew how paid programming worked. You sell the ads, you buy the airtime, you make a profit off of the difference. I said, I think I can make that work. And I sold a couple of sponsors on it pretty early on. And I was like, that'll generate. So what channel, what TV station were you on? You know, I started on KKYK. It was a low power TV station. (gasps) I remember that. You did? Mm -hmm. They did uh, after school programming that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Chuck Spohn, the manager of Fox 16, had seen my program and said, I would love for you to move to Fox 16. They didn't even have a news back then. So did you so. become an employee of Fox 16 no. or you're just a freelance person who freelancer. sells? I just bought the paid program slot from them. You so. bought that and then you sold sponsors. Yes, for that. And that's how talk business and politics got started. And, it, and it's grown. I mean, trust me, it, so, it yeah. evolved from a one TV show in Little Rock to a statewide TV show in two other markets. And then uh, all the public radio stations started picking me up because I had interesting interviews and mm-hmm. they could use the audio portion of it. So I'm just repurposing existing material, but I can put new sponsors. How many that. employees you have now? 16. So you ended up recently, really not too long ago, buying, uh, starting the uh, Natural State Media, which is now a parent company, an umbrella over all these yeah. little side gigs you have. How many businesses do you have, Roby oh, Brock? That's getting up in my business there, but I'll tell you. <laughs> so let me let me clarify a little bit for Natural State Media. So Talk Business and Politics was doing its thing out of central Arkansas, and we were in northwest Arkansas and in Jonesboro. Um, and there was a, a, a startup internet media company that a good friend of mine named Michael Tilly ran out of Fort Smith called the City Wire. Mm. And we started talking. We were content partners. We'd shared stuff back and forth. But we started talking about merging our two companies together. Um, it just made some sense because we were working so closely together anyway. And there were some financial benefits for doing it. Sure. So we wound up merging those two media companies and forming Natural State Media as the parent company. And we rebranded everything as Talk Business and Politics. But about six months into that merger, we got the opportunity to acquire the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. Um, and, and that's a publication, right? It's a it yeah, it was just a publication. Now it was it's a print more. product. It's more. But um Anyhow, it was doable financially. It was a big lift, but I thought, you know, both of us from Talk Business and Politics and the City Wire had been competing in Northwest Arkansas. This was a chance to kind of consolidate all of that and really probably put ourselves about 10 or 20 years ahead of where we would have been in the market up there by acquiring the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. So we did that deal about six months into our merger and just brought it all under one umbrella but they were just a print publication they had a website that updated once a week and it was behind a paywall and so we took all of that out we started a radio show up there we added them who does that we do it so you send your you do it down here and uh, well i've got some guys in northwest arkansas that do it so so where do you get all your information so when i go to your website and i look at your website there's somebody posting every couple of hours yeah who all's doing all that with just 16 employees well that's a lot of employees gathering news so it's like everybody in this building right now yeah i've got 
three. Notes. I've um, got three on the ground reporters in Northwest Arkansas. I've got two in Fort Smith. I've got one in Jonesboro. And then there's myself and a freelancer here in central Arkansas. So we've got a lot of people. So how many are freelancing or how many are on payroll? I've got one freelancer. So everybody All else those other people are on payroll. Yeah. Wow. Who's out there selling? I hope you've got somebody selling ads. I have two people that sell ads <laughs> and I sell too. So, I mean, I'm a pretty good salesman. So uh, describe your day and then we're going to take a break. Um, I do two things every every day. I solve problems and I probably write and read a whole lot. So, But I mean, if I had to boil it down, everything that I do is in those that vein. How I'm, much do you write a day, you think? I mean, I don't know, like pages or words or, you know. So, you know, I probably help. Well, I write and I edit. So I've got some people submit stuff to me for me to edit and then post. And then some people, I've got some other people that can do that, too. And I write some, too. And then I take interviews. Do you keep a a, uh, notepad by your bed at night and wake up in the middle of the night and write stuff down? No, but that is how, how I get things out of my head. I've probably just put it in my phone next to my bed. But I have gotten up and written stuff down before because then I can go back to sleep. If that's, I don't, I can't it. go back to sleep. I sit there and lay in bed and think about. You hear that, listeners? That's yeah. a tip from the psychiatrist. Get it out. Roby Brock. Get, Get it, it out. out. And it works like a charm. And then charm. you can find it the next morning. And then you can find it the next morning. All right. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Roby Brock, founder and host of Talk Business and Politics. Still to come. We'll get his opinion on the current political climate in Arkansas, talk about issues facing not just Arkansas, but many states, the health crisis, education, crime. And you know me, if we have time, we're going to have a little game to play at the end of the segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply FlagandBanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years, and in 2021, opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags, the flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thanks, Gray. We're speaking today with Mr. Roby Brock, host of Talk Business and Politics. Roby is a journalist, a reporter, an entrepreneur, a prominent pundit for the capital city and the state of Arkansas. <laughs> How many businesses do Wonderful. you have now? I would say three. So the media company. Has yeah. how many underneath it, though? Well, I just group it all into oh, one okay so, the media company which is a lot of, the and then the, so. and then the event center and what's the other one uh our market at chanel which is an outdoor market and festival that we do several times a year That's, you know? so you have to stay centric when you're doing interviews but i know you're not i know you've got to have opinions how do you manage to stay like that well i'm just looking for the honest answers from these people so i i can kind of smell bs when it's getting displayed out mm-hmm. there. I, I think this has been part of my attitude too. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be a jerk when you're asking questions mm-hmm. of elected officials. A lot of people want me to be mean to whether it's a Democrat or a Republican. They're like, mm-hmm. you were not very, you, yeah. you, you didn't beat them up. You did get in a dust up with Mike Huckabee. I did. Governor Mike Huckabee. I did. You did say something. Tell our listeners. Uh, well, I think I was speaking to a group of young Democrats who obviously were not in favor of Mike Huckabee. And I said, um, I'm trying to think what the exact quote was. You may have it in front of you. I don't remember, mm, but I, I just should said, have written it down. Something said, about we can't, can't take four can't, more years. If you or can't something. stand him, you know, do something about it sort of thing. Anyhow, yeah. At, um, anyhow, it was on like page 10B of the newspaper or something on a Sunday. And, um, and somehow he got hold of it. And I mean, well, it was in the paper. So I was quoted, but. I was really just trying to inspire that room to do something. And about he it, he went after you. He did. Yeah. And you're you had I to did. hire a lawyer. I did. Chip Welch, who is running the for honorable 
Judge the Honorable Chip Welch. Chip yes. Welch, who's running for our... Yeah, the, basically the crux of it was I had just started a new TV show with AETN um, uh, that was just focused on business. They had picked me up uh, to do some stuff for them on a monthly basis. And um, people around Governor Mike Huckabee on his staff started pressuring some of my advertisers to pull their funding because I'd made this one slightly derogatory comment about him. Yes. That had got quoted in the paper. And so I had all these advertisers calling me and they're like, what did, what did, what did you do to the governor? I was like, I, I don't know. You know, and they're like, well, they're asking if we support you because of what you said anyhow. So it turns out that the AETN called me and said, well, we're going to have to pull your TV show. And I was like, we have a contract. Why are you pulling my TV show? And they're like, well, you said something about Mike Huckabee. And I go, have you ever heard of the right of free speech? And they were like, yeah, but we can't have you on the our airwaves if you're going to say something about the, which I didn't say anything about the governor on, on the TV show was speaking yeah. to a group that yeah. got quoted in the paper. I said, I want to need that in writing from you. And they sent me a letter that said, we're terminating your contract because you said something derogatory about Mike Huckabee. And I was like, you can't can't do that. So we wound up suing. Yeah. The governor had to come testify. So did some other people. It was a long time ago. Look, it was a long time ago. I, I've had him on the show since then. He and I have done some roast and toast together. I mean, I, I if I see him out at the grocery store at the governor's mansion at reception, we, we talk. I mean, I, bygones be bygones. I'm, Absolutely. I'm not mad about it. Life so. is long. Yeah. Welch, said, Welch said this, it's unfortunate that our governor has a history of retribution against ordinary folks who are perceived as enemies. Do you think that's still going on? That what's still going on? That people still, if, if, if you have opposing views, you're perceived as an enemy. I think that's a lot of the rhetoric that we see in this day and age. I just think people kind of go ballistic on everything. All of all the people you've interviewed in your career, who intimidated you the most? I'll tell you two interviews that I found the most fascinating while I'm thinking about who I might've been starstruck by. Um, So uh, General Wesley Clark. Yeah. Fascinating interview. He's interesting to talk to because he's really precise in how he communicates and I've gone back and I'll usually get transcripts of a lot of our interviews because I turn those for um, stories on the website. And what he said in the oral part of our interview was just as crystal clear on paper. I mean, it's just logical and made sense. It was like somebody had written a paper explaining really? a position on something. But he was also fascinating to listen to and, and engaging to listen to. And sometimes people are great to listen to. And they, it just sounds terrible when you read it on the right. paper. And sometimes people can write really, really well. And can't talk. But they can't talk. Uh, the late Governor Sid McMath, probably oh. one of my all-time favorite interviews. I actually sat down with him three different times. We talked about his political career, which was um, you know transcending for Arkansas. He was a military war hero. He had served mm-hmm. in some big battles in World War II. And he was a Marine. Bronze Star recipient. I mean, super uh, decorated. So he, he was just fascinating to talk to. But this is one of my favorite quotes from him. I still remember this. He told me the story of when he was governor. This is 1950. So seven years before Central High Crisis. And uh, they received the first um, black student application for the med school for UAMS. And so one of his deputies came to him and said, we've gotten an application from a Negro student Mm -hmm. to get into UAMS. What do you want us to do with it? And McMass said, well, are they qualified? Well, yeah, yeah. They passed all the exams. They've got good grades in there. But let them in. And I saw at the time, if you think about where we were as a country, that was pretty brave and courageous to just not even think twice about it. You know, he had that level of fairness in him. And I asked him, I said, why did you decide to do that in that day and age? Because you could have not done it and been politically popular or, you know, it wouldn't have hurt your career. This could have hurt your career. He said, what's the point in having political capital if you're not willing to spend it? Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, I love that. (laughs) Right. And I don't think we see enough of that in politics today. I don't think we do either. People build up political capital and they want to hold on to it and save it and just let a little bit out or use it for 
very select purposes. He he didn't poll anything. He did what was right. What's the most embarrassing moment? I know you've got one. We've all got one. <laughs> so oh, yeah. we, inter- I interviewed a U.S. senator one time, and we forgot to record. They hit the record button, so I had to get him back in. That was pretty embarrassing. I'm going to have to admit. Is there so, something you're the most proud of? Well, there's a lot of things I'm proud of. I'm proud you of our company. Be. I'm proud you of how things be. have grown. Your I, children, your wife. I'm proud of all of those Chanel, things. Yeah, Little Chanel Rock Festival, Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas. Yeah. What do that. you like the best about Little Rock? Well, I grew up here, so I'm a. I mean, I was born in Fayetteville, but I lived here since I was one year old, and so I kind of know all the back roads, and I like to see the places where I, you know, grew up and ran around. What do you as a think kid, about like our that. new governor wanting to make uh, making tourism a new bringing tourism to the state? It's great. I look at tourism as a potential huge boost to rural parts of Arkansas that are struggling right now. Um, Like over 50 of the 75 counties in Arkansas are losing population. How are you going to stop that from happening? You're not going to bring an automaker plant to those communities. Is tourism going to be where they go? Is that going to help? Tourism going to help that? Well, here's the deal. You, You can't put an industrial plant anywhere in Arkansas. There's got to be the right kind of infrastructure. There's got to be access to transportation. There's all kinds of things. You can't put um, a manufacturing plant anywhere in Arkansas. It's got to have certain things. You can put a tourism-related industry anywhere in Arkansas. It can be a restaurant. It could be a bicycle shop. It could be See, when uh, I think a, of, a, a canoe. When I think of tourism, place. I think it of can, more people on the Buffalo River. Yeah, well, and I don't well, even want to, to go there You need there to get anymore. out to the beyond the buffalo. I mean, have you been up to Wilson, Arkansas, and seen what's Piney? going on up there? No. Oh what's, my gosh! What's Wilson? It's just a it's it's this community that this gentleman has Named redeveloped. Wilson? Well, he bought it from the Wilsons, yeah. but he's I his heard name about that, yeah. It's um, it's the Gaylord guy that Gaylord Hotels. That oh. guy. Yeah. No, who's that? Uh, used to be big in the seventies. Yeah, right. But he's a big developer. Anyhow. Restaurants, bed and breakfast, um, all kinds of programs. What's up there in Wilson, Arkansas? That's what I'm saying. It's a it's an Edwardian architecture community up there. You can shop. You can I think Eureka Springs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's kind of recreated. You're kind of changing my opinion about it. Because when I hear about that, I'm like, too many people on the bike trail, too many people on the rivers, too many people on the lakes. I mean, you hear a lot of stories now of, you know, especially during COVID, people going out to national parks and crowding trails and leaving garbage and harassing wildlife and getting gored by a bison and all that kind of stuff. And so I think there is like hesitation to, I think building in tourism infrastructure is different than crowding the infrastructure you already have. But here, and I'll give you another, tourism is, can be about a thousand different things. I mean, let's think about Arkansas's entertainment heritage, movies, Music. Yes. We could build more festivals around all of that stuff. You ever been to a Beatles uh, at the Ridge up in Walnut Ridge? No. That's a great oh, weekend. That. So, what's it called? It's called uh, Beatles at the Ridge. So, Is it Beatle music or? Yeah. So, uh-huh. Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, when the Beatles were hitting America, their plane stopped there. Oh, yeah. Literally for them to get off and get on a smaller plane to go yeah. somewhere up in Missouri, but the locals found out about it. I mean, they were literally that plane was there for like 11 hours or something ridiculous, and they have built an entire weekend music festival where they bring in a, a Beatles recreation band. Uh, they have all kinds of contests. They've got artwork up there. They're playing into the Delta music uh, heritage that's up there. It's a fantastic event and it's just a great but that has boosted that community's tourism dollars it's brought more people in for hotels it's brought people in to eat at restaurants all right this is a great place to take a break we were speaking today with mr roby brock a prominent little rock arkansas pundit with a premier statewide news business the natural state media it is the parent company of talk business and politics that roby founded in 1999 we'll be right back It's time to start thinking about saving the date. The 13th Annual Dancing in the Dreamland date, Saturday, February 17th, 2024. Dancing in the Dreamland, you know about it. It's the primary fundraiser for the Friends of Dreamland every year. That's a dedicated group of community members that are committed to revitalizing the Dreamland Ballroom in Taborian Hall, the home of Flag and Banner. Every year, a star-studded cast of MCs and judges leads you through a diverse and compelling dance competition. In 2024, come and enjoy ballet, bolero, theatrical dance, Middle Eastern dance, cha-cha, even a hula hoop superstar. 
American Tango and Mexican Folklorico will also be there that night, all while you enjoy drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and we choose your votes for your favorites. It's a very fun evening, so get ready. It's the return of Dancing into Dreamland, and you got to be there. The thrilling performances are just waiting for you. Get your tickets now for Dancing into Dreamland 2024. Dreamlandballroom.org. And the date again is Saturday, February 17th, 2024. We're speaking today with the statewide political pundit, Mr. Roby Brock, host of Talk Business and Politics in Little Rock, Arkansas. So let's talk about uh, the polarized politics of today. What are your thoughts on the role of the media and the political pundits are having in shaping the public opinion? Can I come back to that? Because I'm going to forget something if okay, I don't. So you asked me about that most intimidating interview. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I did. Head. Okay, I, th- I thought of who that was. Um, and I like him a lot, and he wouldn't intimidate me now, but Scott Ford, the first time I interviewed Scott, Scott Ford. Scott Ford, Alltel? Alltel, and oh. now West Rock Coffee. Oh, yeah. But at the time, um, Alltel had just sold Remember that big $27, billion deal and the, the headquarters was going away. And I just knew that that was going to be an interview. He, it was the only sit-down interview he did. Oh, and so he'd done flattering. a press conference, but then they gave me the opportunity to sit down with him for an interview. And I just I knew how much that was going to be watched by how many people. And then the things that came, <laughs> came out in that interview, which was – he could finally discuss things that happened over the years in the boardroom and deals that didn't come together that would have changed the whole business landscape for Little Rock, quite frankly, if they had. Altel would have been as big as AT&T and Verizon if two deals had come together or a few years earlier that they just wasn't their fault that it didn't pull together. But he told that story and I was like. Wow. I'd like to go watch that interview. Yeah, I knew when he was telling me how big of news that was. And um, when he got done telling me the story, he goes, you know, I've never told anybody that publicly. I'm like, well, I'm well aware. I think I've just wet my pants as a matter of fact, because <laughs> I knew it was be a huge so what, what, national so story. Were they, can so, you sum the two up? The, it the was two Sprint things. and Nextel. So back in the day, um, you had all of those different phone carriers Sprint and the Nextel. landscape was all, you know, there was AT&T, there was Verizon was called something else before they were Verizon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you had, you know, Altel was like fifth or something like that. Sprint, Nextel, and there were some other carriers and they all started consolidating mm-hmm. and they knew Scott Ford and his crew knew it was going to be the big two. Are we going to be one of the big two that mm-hmm. survive all of this. And so they tried to do a deal with Nextel that I think Sprint scooped them mm-hmm. on. Um, I think they tried that twice. And it so didn't work. But if that had happened, it would have catapulted Altel. They'd have been one of the big two. One of the big two. Left. And then they would have been the ones doing the other acquisitions. Is kind of my recollection of that conversation. Well, he still but, came out pretty good. Wasn't a bad, but, wasn't a bad, was but, not a bad day at the office. But so. he still, like you said, it would have changed the whole landscape of Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. I mean, we would still have those headquarters here. It would be yeah. a, a equivalent of what AT and T and Verizon. Yeah, are. which so, is a lot of good IT yeah. jobs. So, so uh, your question: your pol- about- uh, polarized politics today. How? What is the role the media is playing? It. You have some really ugly players in pol- in media today. Yes. Are you referring to like my guests or me or what? No, I'm talking to. Oh, you're just talking about it generally speaking. Yes. I mean, guys like Bill Riley who yell at people to shut up on their interviews. I was like, where's his mother? You don't tell people to shut up. Didn't he learn that in grade school? That lack of civility. That lack of civility. It it frustrates me a lot. So, yeah, look, I think that at the national level, a lot of these. a lot of these cable stations, the, the TV programming that relies on this um, lack of civility, this fighting to you know get ratings and whatnot. I mean, I just choose to ignore some of them. Like when I when I when it happens here in Arkansas, you will see me at times just not Engage. cover it because I'm not going to let it sink to that level, and and I'm not bringing that here in my program. And again, when it does come to confront some of that stuff is again why I told you earlier I think that there is a a civil and a polite way to ask tough questions you don't have to be a jerk about it Um, and at the national level there is the 
propensity to be a jerk when you're asking or interviewing some of these people. And then sometimes just the, the selection of the news to cover. It's like, why would you cover that? You know that the only reason you're covering that is because it will stir up controversy and make people mad, angry, whatever adjective you want to use. And I know that that's good for ratings, but yeah. it's bad for democracy. And you're giving people a platform to spew stuff that doesn't deserve a platform. And, and that just builds like a snowball and creates the need for more and of it. And then you have mass shootings. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Wasn't there a time that you were required, media was required to give both sides of the story? Yeah, it was called the Fairness Doctrine. It was done away with in the Reagan years, so you didn't have to do that. Can we get it back? Congress would have to pass a law to make that happen. Do you think Republicans and Democrats would agree on doing that in a majority fashion? I mean, I'll I'll answer that. (laughs) No. (laughs) They can't even agree on a budget. I mean... It's not going to happen in my working career lifetime. All right. So this is what you said. This is a quote from you. Oh, from me? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. The role of the media and pundits has never been more critical than it is today. In a world filled with information and misinformation, it's the responsibility of journalists and commentators to provide accurate, balanced, and well-researched perspectives. We should aim to facilitate constructive debates present facts, and encourage critical thinking. Our role is not to tell people what to think, but to provide them with the tools to make informed decisions. Who said that? You're so smart. So <laughs> I do believe all that, though. This show kind of started out originally as kind of help for entrepreneurs because I get so many questions asked me about what do I do about this? And I realized I have a lot of entrepreneurial knowledge. And so that's kind of how it started. But then it morphed into all these other things and became this much more than that. But when you were talking about how you bought a business in Northwest Arkansas that exponentially grew your business overnight, I spent 30 years trying to incrementally grow my business every year. I did that too. I know. And it would grow 10%. Every year. That's better than me. And I would think, well, ten. Well, you know, at the time, let's say if I was selling a million dollars, that means I'd grow to a million and a one million, one hundred thousand the next year. Well, it would take a long time to get to ten million in sales. I'd be ninety-five, which was always my goal, is to have ten million in sales. So then, during COVID, happened a lot of these mom and pops went belly up, and so we started buying up these small businesses that were not on the internet, and our business grew exponentially because of that. And I didn't realize how good that was going to grow my sales. I didn't know if I bought this company, if sales would fall off or what would happen. But it actually was the synergy of the both together that really took my business to another level. I have two pieces of business advice that I give out when I asked. Mm -hmm. Are you asking? Mm -hmm, I am. Okay. (laughs) so that's where she was going with all that (laughs) one is listen to the marketplace which is what you're describing just if you're in touch with your business and you're in touch with what affects your business you're going to see the signals and the signs that tell you to buy the business next door or to not buy the business next door you're going to understand your your customers or your clients so you know what works. There's ways to experiment and try some things that may or may not work. You've done it. I've done it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, you learn from the ones that don't. You capitalize on the ones that do. But listening to the marketplace, having the ability to listen to the marketplace and understand when the shifts are occurring. I mean, that's how we moved from just being a television show to, you know what, we could tra- we could transfer this to radio also. Oh, and now this Internet things come along. I can take those same interviews and turn them into stories on the internet. So I'm just giving you the same information, but in different platforms. That's, that was listening to the marketplace. How do consumers of news want to get their news? They want it here, 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 here. So we've, we've done that and we've experimented with some stuff that, you know, we did a podcast. There's just not a big market for a podcast Mm -hmm. for our daily. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. My other piece of advice is, and you'll appreciate this one, is don't do business with assholes. I agree. If you can't do it on a handshake, don't do business with them. There are three million people in the state of Arkansas. (laughs) And I can probably name on one hand the number of people I've had to do business with that I did not enjoy doing business with. I can find less than five 
people that I could do the same amount of business with out of a, a pool of three million. I mean, I've had some people that have been very difficult to work with before. And and there have been times that I just packed everything up in a box and went, here's your stuff. Yeah. Right, we're done. Yeah. What? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I'm not doing business with you uh-uh. because I have, first of all, I want a better energy from someone I'm dealing with. Right. And secondly, your business isn't that important to me. I mean, yeah. if it's going to be this difficult, you need to find somebody else yeah. that you can work with. So fire and you have to sometimes fire a customer. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's really might even be just not even taking their business to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. but I'm just, I'm not going to waste my time and energy with somebody mm-hmm. that's not, it's not a mutually beneficial and I, relationship. And I do believe the energy is truly around these people. And I believe it's not good for everybody around. Yeah. All right. So toxic. here's my, here's my game. Yeah. You have to give me one word to describe our current Arkansas administration, people that, that are, that are, are, in our, in our current administration. Give me one word for Sarah Sanders Huckabee. Young. Oh. Uh, Love it. How about Attorney General Tim Griffin? Talkative. Oh, you're so good at this game. Yeah. You know not everybody's good at this game. But Mayor Frank Scott. Friendly. City Manager Bruce Moore. That's the right. I mean, these are adjectives. Well, yeah, one, one word. One Long word. tenured. It's hyphenated. There you go. Thank you. Oh, God, you're so good. Uh, North Little Rock Mayor Terry Hartwig. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I've got a, it's more than one word. I'm trying yeah, to get it right. down to one word yeah. here. So, um, oh, you collegial. Cheat. So, Ooh. oh, that is a good one for him. You know, he dated the cheerleader, married a cheerleader. Well, I didn't mean it because of that. So, <laughs> he's very, he's very friendly. He's easy to contact. He's easy to oh, get along. He's accessible. Now, so. <laughs> he's got a good heart too. He's got a really good heart. French yeah. Hill. French Hill. Smart. Tom Cotton. Ambitious. Boozman. Kind hearted. Yeah, I'm old. waiting for somebody to say, oh, yeah, right. kind hearted. <laughs> How about Rutledge? Leslie Rutledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tenacious. Yeah. The Arkansas Senate as a whole. <laughs> in olden days, I would say cerebral, but I'm not going to use that adjective <laughs> in this one. Um, I would say, we'll say tempered. How about that? That's so tempered. Tempered. <laughs> All right, this is the last break. The house can... is not like that. The house is wild. Yes. Crazy. Oh, that's oh I, I should have said I should have said the house. All right, yeah. give me one word for the house. Wild, crazy, diverse. <laughs> I'll give you three. There's three times. As Reminds many me of, of the there, tour so. when you go to the old state house and you go in there and they give you the tour about how the guys came in from I killed a guy. Killed the a floor. guy right there on the yeah, floor. Stabbed me. It was a speaker of the house. We're about there again, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Lord. Uh, we're speaking today with the well-respected Mr. Roby Brock, host of Talk Business and Politics and CEO of the parent company, The Natural State Media. We come back. This is our last break. We're going to do uh, career tips for aspiring journalists. And I'm going to tell you how you can hear, watch, and read Roby's news coverage. We'll be right back. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you'll receive prior notification of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. We're speaking today with journalist, reporter, entrepreneur, and pundit, Mr. Roby Brock, known for his insightful commentary as host of Talk Business and Politics in Little Rock, Arkansas. Being a lawyer used to be an honorable profession, Roby, so was the business of news and reporting one time. But more than a few bad bad payers have tarnished both professions by putting greed over working for the greater good in the current media landscape and knowing what you know today. Would you still recommend the news business to aspiring journalists? Look, people need to follow their passion. And if your passion is to tell stories, to communicate, to um, use the news to to bring things to light that need to be brought to light, whether that's just an interview with someone to learn something about them or whether it's to fix an injustice or whether it's just to report the daily what's happening. I mean, those are that's all news. It's just all different. You got to find your lane. You got to find your space. So. 
experiment with all of that if you uh, aspire to be a journalist and experiment with the different platforms, the different media that you you might be working in online only. You might be working in TV. It's different. You need to be able to have some functional knowledge of that because you'll find where you gravitate towards. Are there any investigative reporters anymore? There are. Investigative reporting is difficult. It's expensive because um, you're not going to hire um, somebody right out of school to be an investigative journalist. You've, there's a lot you have to learn to be able to navigate systems that you need to do and to report uh, in a way that's not going to get you in legal trouble, mm-hmm. um, which is a consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk business and politics can be found where today? Talkbusiness.net. Oh, so what about TV? We have all our videos on there. Uh, what about what's the Capital View? Capital View is a political TV show that KARK puts on, and I was the original host of that ten years ago this year. And then I went away for a couple of years over to KATV, and then I came back to KARK and took over Capital View again. So How I do many? two TV shows a week. A week. Thank you, Roby, for sharing your invaluable insights and experiences. We have you a U.S., Arkansas, and desk set. Oh, I thought I was going to get a water bottle. No, no, (laughs) you get that to take back. Do you already have a U.S. and Arkansas desk set? Not a desk set, no. You need one. Thank you. To our listeners, this show has been brought to you by ArkansasFlagandBanner.com, made possible by the good works of our commercial voice, local celeb and audiographer, Mr. Tom Wood. Summa Cum Laude videographer, Mr. Jonathan Hankins, production manager, daughter, Megan Pittman, and my co-host son, Gray McCoy. Thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been enlightening or inspiring, and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, contact me, Gray, that's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.